Good afternoon all. So today we are stepping into a fresh new essay. Allegories of Atlas written by Jose Rabasa taken from the book The Postcolonial Studies Reader. So group one will be dealing with first two pages of the essay and you will be given just uh, of what is given in those two pages. Since reading each paragraph is time consuming, I'll skip reading and will directly familiarize you people with important points stated in each paragraph. So don't worry, you'll not be missing any of the points. Okay, so let's begin. Rabasa begins his essay by stating that Atlas cannot be regarded as a genre since there is no history to substantiate that Atlas is a genre. Mercator's Atlas can be analyzed to deal with any questions that wind on the concept of Eurocentrism. In fact, it is said that Atlas is one among the major constituents that attributed privileged status to Europe. As far as the concept of Eurocentrism is concerned in regard to Atlas, it is more than the, the ideological construct that can be easily blotted away. Europe has managed to imprint its image of the supreme nation in the bodies and minds of people and it had even conquered the fantasies of the former colonizers. The transposition of the image of palimpsest, um, palimpsest in the sense that uh, of earlier written records to which later works are added. So this throws light on the unstable nature of geography that can be seen as a series of erasures and overwritings. Albeit the fact that these erasures probably imperfect have not only transformed the world, it has also managed to paint the world from the native points of view. So this is what is being said in the first paragraph. Second paragraph, uh, which cannot be regarded as a paragraph, it has got only one sentence, which means um, Mercator's world map, when analyzed superficially, reveals the plurality of semiotic systems and semantic levels interacting with each other. Third paragraph. Um, map mirrors the world in the sense that it provides a simulacrum. A simulacrum in the sense an image or a representation of something which is always inaccessible in its totality. And this is done by means of symbols. So maps mirrors the world by means of symbols. In his preface upon Atlas, Mercator describes his work as, I quote,
Thus, Mercator, after enumerating the different sections of the atlas, tells us in Preface upon Atlas that his work as in a mirror will set before your eyes the whole world that in the making of some rudiments you may find out the causes of things and so by attaining unto wisdom and prudence by this means lead the reader to higher speculation. I unquote. So just to familiarize who this Mercator is, um, Gerardus Mercator was a 16th century geographer, cosmographer and cartographer who is most renowned for creating the 1569 world map, the one about which we are currently discussing. And it is based on a new projection which represented sailing courses of constant bearing a straight lines. So, in his preface upon Atlas, uh, Mercator is basically talking about his fresh and unique world map where the reader or the onlooker gets to attain a deeper knowledge of world's geography, thereby enabling them to engage in higher speculation regarding the same. Hence, the Mercator's map would ultimately conduct the readers to engage in the act of pondering and theorizing the creation of the world. Now, fourth paragraph. As earlier mentioned, the world in its totality cannot be discerned by relying on this cartographical objectification, that is by relying on atlas. Maps are significant only in the framework of subjective reconstitution of fragments. It is said that Atlas conveys the irony of a bricolage. I hope you uh, remember bricolage about which we've learnt in Levistros's essay. So bricolage in simple terms means creation of something from varied available resources. Here it is said that by analyzing atlas the interpreter is caught in the web of innumerable significations and the fragmented or limited source of knowledge gained from palimpsests allow for a plurality of combinations hence atlas can be interpreted at varied levels final paragraph of uh, page 360. The inside and outside of a map constitutes content and expression for reading or deciphering a map. If I am right, by inside and outside, Rabasa is pointing to the surface level and the deeper level analysis of the map, which will ultimately result in the repertoire of binary oppositions listed towards the end of the page 360. So yeah, um, surface level analysis gives us only a framework of the portrayal of earth which will be an allegorical decoration. The following registers which gives an apparently homogeneous and flat representation of globe 
is derived like a title portraits proper names allegories of the elements a celestial sphere instruments of measurement a sun a moon and an allegory of the four continents frame the world with historic cosmographic and anthropological categories these registers pinpoints the decoration or content that is to be read in the map now looking into the inside or deeper level analysis one may encounter registers like um meridians parallels and the line of zodiac which gives not only the structure or the totality of the world for locating names and points in space but there are also particular expressions of the celestial sphere represented in the frame itself so as a result the map mirrors the course of history and the macrocosmos under closer inspection uh, by tablets uh, tabulating this inside and outside um analysis or the result of the inside and outside analysis of the map we come across a list of binary oppositions which are mentioned uh, here in the essay on page number 360 hard soft modern's ancients europe the rest of the world old world new world masculine feminine coordinates contours macrocosmos microcosmos so we find the inside and the outside organized in terms of a binary opposition between the eternal and the contingent between hard and soft parts so it is said that these binary oppositions must be understood as independent realms interacting with each other and inseparable for portraying the totality of the cosmos and the whole circle of the earth so these binary oppositions which were derived uh, during the inside and outside analysis of the map must be um, must not be taken lightly must not be taken as a whole each binary opposition each constituent of binary oppositions must be uh, independently considered which are inseparable for portraying the totality of the cosmos and the whole circle of the earth so that's all about first two pages of the essay the allegories of atlas i hope all of you got my points thank you